Welcome to Bible in a Year with Bill. My name is Bill, and I'm your message messenger as we make our way through the message paraphrase of the Holy Bible, written by Eugene Peterson. Blessings to you all, my brothers and sisters. Bill here with Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 32 to 34, and then we're going to finish off today's reading from Proverbs 6. It is cold outside. I don't know what the weather's like where you're from, but man, oh man, it is cold. This morning I got up and it was minus 32 degrees Celsius with a wind chill of minus 44. Tomorrow it's supposed to be even colder. Stay warm, my friends. Stay warm. Exodus chapter 32. When the people realized that Moses was taking forever in coming down off the mountain, they rallied around Aaron and said, Do something! Make gods for us who will lead us! That Moses, the man who got us out of Egypt, who knows what's happened to him? So Aaron told them, Take off the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. They all did it. They removed the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands and cast it in the form of a calf shaping it with an engraving tool. The people responded with enthusiasm, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up from Egypt. Aaron, taking in the situation, built an altar before the calf. Aaron then announced, Tomorrow is a feast day to God. Early the next morning, the people got up and offered whole burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and then began to party. It turned into a wild party. God spoke to Moses, Go, get down there. Your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have fallen to pieces. In no time at all, they've turned away from the way I commanded them. They made a molten calf and worshipped it. They've sacrificed to it and said, These are the gods, O Israel, that brought you up from the land of Egypt. God said to Moses, I look at this people. Oh, what a stubborn, hard-headed people. Let me alone now. Give my anger free reign to burst into flames and incinerate them but I'll make a great nation out of you. Moses tried to calm his God down. He said, Why, God, would you lose your temper with your people? Why, you brought them out of Egypt in a tremendous demonstration of power and strength. Why let the Egyptians say he had it in for them? He brought them out so he could kill them in the mountains, wipe them right off the face of the earth. Stop your anger. Think twice about bringing evil against your people. Think of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you gave your word, telling them, I will give you many children, as many as the stars in the sky, and I'll give this land to your children as their land forever. And God did think twice. He decided not to do the evil he had threatened against his people. Moses turned around and came down from the mountain carrying the two tablets of the testimony. The tablets were written on both sides, front and back. God made the tablets and God wrote the tablets, engraved them. When Joshua heard the sound of the people shouting noisily, he said to Moses, That's the sound of war in the camp. But Moses said, Those aren't songs of victory and those aren't songs of defeat. I hear songs of people throwing a party. And that's what it was. When Moses came near to the camp and saw the calf and the people dancing, his anger flared. He threw down the, mount, the tablets and smashed them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made, melted it down with fire, pulverized it to powder, then scattered it on the water and made the Israelites, Israelites drink it. 
Moses said to Aaron, What on earth did these people ever do to you that you involved them in this huge sin? Aaron said, Master, don't be angry. You know this people and how they set on evil they how set on evil they are. They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. This Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. So I said, Who has gold? And they took off their jewelry and gave it to me. I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. Moses saw that the people were simply running wild. Aaron had let them run wild, disgracing themselves before their enemies. He took up a position at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is on God's side, join me. All the Levites stepped up. He then told them, God's orders, the God of Israel, strap on your swords and go to work. Criss-cross the camp from one end to the other. Kill brother, friend, neighbor. The Levites carried out Moses' orders. 3,000 of the people were killed that day. Moses said, You confirmed your ordination today and at great cost, even killing your sons and brothers, and God has blessed you. The next day Moses addressed the people, You have sinned an enormous sin, but I am to go, going to go up to God. Maybe I'll be able to clear you of your sin. Moses went back to God and said, This is terrible. This people has sinned. It's an enormous sin. They made gods of gold for themselves. And now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, erase me out of the book you've written. God said to Moses, I'll only erase from my book those who sin against me. For right now, you go and lead the people to where I told you. Look, my angel is going ahead of you. On the day, though, when I settle accounts, their sins will certainly be part of the settlement. God sent a plague on the people because of the calf they and Aaron had made. Exodus chapter 33 God said to Moses, Now go, get on your way from here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Head for the land which I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel ahead of you, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but I won't be with you in person. You're such a stubborn, hard-headed people, lest I destroy you on the journey. When the people heard this harsh verdict, they were plunged into gloom and wore long faces. No one put on jewelry. God said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You're one hard-headed people. I couldn't stand being with you for even a moment. I'd destroy you. So take off all your jewelry until I figure out what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped themselves of their jewelry from Mount Horeb on. Moses used to take the tent and, and set it up outside the camp some distance away. He called it the Tent of Meeting. Anyone who sought God would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. It went like this. When Moses would go to the tent, all the people would stand at attention. Each man would take his position at the entrance to the tent with his eyes on Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud descended to the entrance to the tent, and God spoke with Moses. All the people would see the pillar of cloud at the entrance to the tent, stand at attention, and then bow down and worship each man at the entrance to his tent. And God spoke with Moses face to face as neighbors speak to one another. When he would return to the camp, his attendant, the young man Joshua, stayed. He didn't leave the tent. Moses said to God, Look, you tell me, 
Lead this people, but you don't let me know whom you're going to send with me. You tell me I know you well and you are special to me. If I am so special to you, let me in on your plans. That way I will continue being special to you. Don't forget, this is your people, your responsibility. God said, my presence will go with you. I'll see the journey to the end. Moses said, if your, present doesn't take, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. How else will it be known that you're with me in this, with me and your people? Are you traveling with us or not? How else will we know that we're special, I and your people, among all the other people on this planet Earth? God said to Moses, All right, just as you say, this also I will do, for I know you well and you are special to me. I know you by name. Moses said, Please, let me see your glory. God said, I will make my goodness pass right in front of you. I'll call out the name God right before you. I'll treat well whomever I want to treat well, and I'll be kind to whomever I want to be kind. God continued, But you may not see my face. No one can see me and live. God said, Look, here is a place right beside me. Put yourself on this rock. When my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll take my hand away and you'll see my back, but you won't see my face. Exodus chapter 34 God spoke to Moses, Cut out two tablets of stone just like the originals and grave on them the words that were on the original tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb Mount Sinai and set and get set to meet me on top of the mountain. Not a soul is to go with you. The whole mountain must be clear of people, even animals. Not even sheep or oxen can be grazing in front of the mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone, just like the originals. He got up early in the morning and climbed Mount Sinai as God had commanded him, carrying the two tablets of stone. God descended in the cloud and took up his position there beside him and called out the name God. God passed in front of him and called out, God, God, a God of mercy and grace, endlessly patient, so much love, so deeply true, loyal in love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Still, he doesn't ignore sin. He holds sons and grandsons responsible for a father's sins to the third and even fourth generation. At once, Moses fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Please, O oh master, if you see anything good in me, please, master, travel with us, hard-headed as these people are. Forgive our iniquity and sin. Own us. Possess us. And God said, As of right now, I'm making a covenant with you. In full sight of your people, I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth, in any nation. Then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is. The work I'll do for you. Take careful note of all I command you today. I'm clearing your way by driving out Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Stay vigilant. Don't let down your guard lest you make covenant with the people who live in the land that you are entering and they trip you up. Tear down their altars. Smash their phallic pillars. Chop down their fertility poles. Don't worship any other god. God, his name is the Jealous One, is a jealous God. Be careful that you don't make a covenant with the people who live in the land and take up with their sex and religion life. 
Join them in meals at their altars. Marry your sons to their women, women who take up with any convenient god or goddess, and will get your sons to do the same thing. Don't make molten gods for yourselves. Keep the feast of unraised bread. Eat only unraised bread for seven days in the month of Abib. It was in the month of Abib that you came out of Egypt. Every firstborn from the womb is mine. All the males of your herds, your firstborn oxen and sheep. Redeem your firstborn donkey with a lamb. If you don't redeem it, you must break its neck. Redeem each of your firstborn sons. No one is to show up in my presence empty-handed. Work six days and rest the seventh. Stop working even during plowing and harvesting. Keep the feast of weeks with the first cutting of the wheat and harvest and the feast of ingathering at the turn of the year. All your men are to appear before the Master, the God of Israel, three times a year. You won't have to worry about your land when you appear before your God three times each year, for I will drive out the nations before you and give you plenty of land. Nobody's going to be hanging around plotting ways to get it from you. Don't mix the blood of my sacrifices with anything fermented. Don't leave leftovers from the Passover feast until morning. Bring the finest of the first fruits of your produce to the house of your God. Don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. God said to Moses, Now write down these words, for by these words I've made a covenant with you and Israel. Moses was there with God forty days and forty nights. He didn't eat any food, he didn't drink any water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the ten words. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the two tablets of the testimony, he didn't know that the skin of his face glowed because he had been speaking with God. Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, saw his radiant face and held back, afraid to get close to him. Moses called out to them. Aaron and the leaders in the community came back, and Moses talked with them. Later all the Israelites came up to him, and he passed on the commands, everything that God had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But when he went into the presence of God to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. When he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they would see Moses' face, its skin glowing, and then he would again put the veil on his face until he went back in to speak with God. Proverbs chapter 6 Dear friend, if you've gone into hawk with your neighbor or locked yourself into a deal with a stranger, if you've impulsively promised the shirt off your back and now find yourself shivering out in the cold, friend, don't waste a minute. Get yourself out of that mess. You're in that man's clutches. Go, put on a long face, act desperate. Don't procrastinate. There's no time to lose. Run like a deer from the hunter. Fly like a bird from the trapper. You lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. 
Riffraff and rascals talk out of both sides of their mouths. They wink at each other. They shuffle their feet. They cross their fingers behind their backs. Their perverse minds are always cooking up something nasty, always stirring up trouble. Catastrophe is just around the corner for them, a total smash-up, their lives ruined beyond repair. Here are six things God hates, and one more that he loathes with a passion. Eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that hatches evil plans or evil plots, feet that race down a wicked track, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker in the family. Good friend, follow your father's good advice. Don't wander off from your mother's teachings. Wrap yourself in them from head to foot. Wear them like a scarf around your neck. Wherever you walk, they'll guide you. Whenever you rest, they'll guard you. When you wake up, they'll tell you what's next. For sound advice is a beacon. Good teaching is a light. Moral discipline is a life path. They'll protect you from wanton women from the seductive talk of some temptress. Don't lustfully fantasize on her beauty, nor be taken in by her bedroom eyes. You can buy an hour with a whore for a loaf of bread, but a wanton woman may well eat you alive. Can you build a fire in your lap and not burn your pants? Can you walk barefoot on hot coals and not get blisters? It's the same when you have sex with your neighbor's wife. Touch her and you'll pay for it. No excuses. Hunger is no excuse for a thief to steal. When he's caught, he has to pay it back, even if he has to put his whole house in hock. Adultery is a brainless act, soul-destroying, self-destructive. Expect a bloody nose, a black eye, and a reputation ruined for good. For jealousy detonates rage in a cheated husband. Wild for revenge, he won't make allowances. Nothing you say or pay will make it all right. Neither bribes nor reason will satisfy him. So I pray to you, our just God, our just and noble and loving God, that you would bless the reading of this word today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray that any ears who need to hear it today would somehow find a way to hear what you have to say. Aaron really dropped the ball. Here was a man who stood right beside Moses as God displayed his power over and over in Egypt. He watched plague after plague come and go. He even became the chief priest of God. Aaron spearheaded the building of the golden calf simply because Moses was taking a little longer on the mountain than expected. I would imagine the whole mountain was rumbling with the presence of God while Moses was up there communing with him. Aaron and the rest of the Israelites must have seen it. What was he thinking? Did he really think God was going to be okay with all of them worshipping an image of a cow? This whole thing led to God's wrath being poured out on the Israelites and over 3,000 of them being chopped up by the Levites. Imagine the guilt that Aaron must have felt. It's really hard to believe that a person who has seen God move in incredible and miraculous ways can become so deceived as to lead multitudes away from him. They all walked through the Red Sea on dry ground for crying out loud. 
The Lord burned with anger because of the whole golden calf fiasco. So Moses stood in the gap for Aaron and the Israelites, pleading with God to spare them. And he did. Aaron was lucky to have Moses. He implored God to not wipe out his people. We also have someone to stand in the gap for us. Someone who wipes our sins and indiscretions away and makes us white as snow before the Father. Do you know who he is? Do you have this friend who is closer than a brother? Let's thank Jesus, who is our great intercessor, who stands on our behalf. Bible in a Year with Bill is a daily journey into Eugene Peterson's The Message Paraphrase of the Bible. Join me every day as we explore the Word of God in a contemporary, easy-to-understand language. If you enjoy what we're doing here, like and subscribe to the podcast and tell some people. And you know what, my friends? I would love to hear from you. I would love it if you would send me an email. My email address is Bill at gmail.com. Tell me where you're from. Tell me how you found the podcast. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. I would love that. Thanks for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.